listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 148. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I'm in addiction recovery. Happy New Year. I know we already did a New Year's episode, but if you listen to that, then you know I shot it before New Year's. <laughs> the chick is up. You're on to me. <laughs> I mean, I know I admitted it the moment I get on the microphone, and I'm thinking that maybe shooting four episodes in a row from midnight to two in the morning isn't the best way to keep me from slurring my speech and going a little bit of brain frog on you. Brain frog, fog, whatever it might be. There was a lot. And so it was really intense, and I love doing that, and absolutely I'm going to do those kind of episodes again. But this one, we're shooting more in a normal time of day. The sun's getting ready to go down. It's been raining. It's 32 degrees. It's back in Huntsville. Las Vegas, the city of sin, the sin den, was a blast. Uh, bummer about the New Year's that uh, Vanilla Ice's plane got rerouted or something. So he wasn't able to close out the, the set the, at the, the Fremont experience the way that we had hoped. Um, all in all, it was, it was still a great experience. So, you know, it was still an amazing time, amazing company. And that was what was really important. It was not necessarily what, we, what the experience was as much as the experience of being there with, uh, you know, those that you choose to be with, right? And that's really what the New Year's experience is about. It's about being somewhere around the pe- kind of people you want to be around whenever you ring in a new year. So I certainly hope that that's what you were able to experience on your end, was being around people who vibrate you at a higher level. And that's what we're really seeking in our lives in general, not just in addiction recovery. We're seeking to vibrate at a higher level. And I've had a couple really amazing conversations with a couple of tribal members who I actually asked them if I could say their name on on the microphone this time, because it's just a lot easier than saying tribal member the whole time. <laughs> because then I just keep referencing both, and like, who is he talking about right now? So, so that there's names in reference, we're going to be talking about Miles and Colby today, uh, because specifically I had texting conversation with Miles, and then I had a, a actual session with Colby, and a lot of great stuff comes out of the sessions that people have with me, and I'm not just tooting my own horn. There's just, that's the whole point, right? That's why I got into this. It wasn't to just sit around and, and ho-hum for an hour and then move on with our lives. It's to challenge one's thinking, and in the process of it, it challenges mine, and I have amazing epiphanies throughout all of my sessions because nothing is pre-programmed to say, so I just feed off of the energy that's released toward me I'm listening for how they're communicating and guiding them to really go off and end up achieving amazing things that, you know, at the beginning, maybe wasn't even what they were thinking about, let alone what they thought they could actually do. And one of the things that Miles said, and he was the one I was referencing in the last episode as well, when we started talking about, let me look at the show notes. When we, um, I think it was patience. Yeah, it was Miles. When he starts thinking about how his brain gets super ambitious with exercise programs, and you know, and it was all about just for him stepping out and being the witness to his own change. And I really do believe that when you can step out of yourself and 
not only be experiencing the change, not only be experiencing the new habit stacking, not only be experiencing the way that you're creating this new life, but when you can step outside of yourself and be that third person, which in NLP we call perceptual positions, when you can be in multiple positions within any given experience so that you can experience it from your point of view, the other person's point of view that you're there with, and then from this observer point. And we all have this unconscious observer in us It's what makes us feel uncomfortable when somebody new walks in the room or how we can feel a shift in energy when somebody else is around us or how our ears will itch when someone's talking about us. We have this third person observer that can be everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. And that's what we were talking about within the reference of patience. So today, um, Miles hits me up and we start talking about various aspects of Um, the sobriety journey. And and right now I've been coaching him a lot on just habit stacking these little changes in his physical performance. So just adding one minute a day of just something that's physically exerting. And for a lot of people, they think, oh, what's one minute a day? And I know I referenced this in the last episode, but somewhere in your life, you're trying to make a really amazing change and you find yourself keep running into this unconscious kickback wall that stops you from from turning it into a habit. And this is where I say most of us shoot ourselves out of a cannon and then we want to, I'm going to, you know, we make a resolution. I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to work out five days a week and I'm going to start eating only broccoli. I'm going to cut out sugar and I'm going to stop smoking cigarettes and I'm going to stop drinking booze and I'm going to stop yelling at my kids and I'm going to start loving my partner more. And it's like, wow, you just do 10 things that are each in and of themselves is monumental. And now you're going to try to stack all of these on top of one another. Oh yeah. Based on what foundation again? Because sobriety recovery is a great foundation, but even it has its limits. And I'm not saying that you'll go back to using if you try to stack 10 awesome things on top of your from sobriety recovery foundation. What I'm saying is that Sobriety and recovery is a great foundation, but it, it doesn't just magically make all these other things just happen. We want to slowly integrate these new uh, new things into our lives, which is again why I teach why I teach the baton passing theory. And so, Miles has been doing that, and he's been doing some great habit stacking on his own. And he, so he said he was thinking about getting into the nutrition aspect of it, um, but he was also being mindful to allow some of these changes that. He's been integrating since our last session into his life, right? To, to be mindful, not to just like, okay, it's been working, slowly integrating these, these changes into your life have been working. And then that hedonistic adaptation might kick in and say, let's ramp it up. And that's it. We're just going to do nothing but eat broccoli. And it's like, let's, what got us here was this one minute at a time, step-by-step approach. Why would we change that now? And that's something that came up in the session with Colby was that I was talking to him about something and I said, booze wasn't a part of any of this creation. So why do I want it to be part of the celebration? And if you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. If booze wasn't a part, not if, but since booze wasn't a part of any of this creation, why do I want it to be part of the celebration? Everything I've created in my life, everything that Colby and Miles are currently creating in their life, alcohol and drugs have, have been a, no, nowhere near it, been an afterthought. Like, in some cases, not even a thought. 
Sobriety and recovery is a great foundation, but again, the our life are, are, are is built on that foundation, but you don't see the foundation. When you look at a house, we don't think about the foundation. It's covered by the house. It is my mission in life to get everybody to build a foundation upon sobriety and recovery, but that's just the start. It's not the finish. Right? There's somebody at the airport in Nashville, I was asking where to find the shuttle bus, and then he's like, he's like, uh, oh, hey, I was like, I see you know my friend Bill. And I forget that the saying, do you know Bill, or I see you know my friend Bill, is something that AA people say to themselves whenever they see somebody else um, that's sort of wearing some sort of AA garb, or maybe they've even seen, like, hey, we both know Bill. Is a good way of people who go to the same AA meeting to acknowledge that they know that about each other, but they're not going to say, hey, don't you go to AA? Because that's sort of the opposite of anonymous. So this guy was like, hey, I see you know my friend Bill because I wear I wear a sobriety necklace. And uh, I was so out of it, I didn't even know. And I was like, Bill? He's like, yeah, your necklace. And I tapped it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it took my brain a little bit of time. And that's awesome that he noticed that. And I'm telling you that story because... People will pat you on the back and admire the, cho- the the fact that you've chosen to be sober and move into addiction recovery, but that's not it. You don't just get to say, well, I got sober, I'm in addiction recovery, and then go sit on your couch eating bonbons, watching The Simpsons in your underwear. You've got to do more with your life. So it is my mission for us all to eventually, it's just, yeah, we're sober. Yeah, we're in addiction recovery. That's part of the story, but it is not the pinnacle of the story. So when we say things like, booze wasn't a part of this creation, why do I want it to be part of the celebration? What we're referencing there is that a lot of people get it in their head that, especially those that um, still, you know, whether they're normies or they still use, however that is, they'll go off and they'll do all these amazing things to have a great project they've created at work or to do really good in school or to create this amazing moment. Uh, of connection in their relationships. They do that. They create this amazing moment in their lives. And then in order to go celebrate, they think they have to now invite intoxicants. But you didn't need intoxicants to create that moment. Why on earth would you want it as part of the celebration? But we've got it in our head somehow that the only way you can use the term partying is if you're getting wasted. And I remember I remember texting uh the friend I went to Vegas with, it was like, we'll eat when we're hungry, sleep when we're tired, and party the rest of the time. And this person knows when I say party, it doesn't mean that we're going to get drunk, because I don't do that. But we partied. We are up till four in the morning on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. Right? We have a very interesting sleep schedule, because if you're in Vegas and clocks don't exist. I didn't drink a drop, didn't do a drug, didn't smoke a cigarette, didn't uh, gamble a penny. All the major vices, I did eat a lot of sugar, <laughs> but most of the major vices that people know Vegas for, I didn't partake in any of those, and I had a blast there, because there's a lot of other things to do besides stand at a roulette table for six hours, gambling on the, the likelihood of a red or black number popping up, while slamming back, you know, watered-down vodka the entire night in a hazy field gambling hall. That's, that doesn't interest me, but I still party. So I really want you to start to reframe the way that you use party or the way that you think about celebrations. Because it doesn't have to be the way that society seems to have built this idea of partying. 
You can be partying and not be intoxicated. So how would I do that, Jesse? Ah, I've got an answer for you. Because that's what I do. I have answers for things. <laughs> or at least I have tips and tricks and, and patterns and sequences. What is it that we think about when we think about a party? We think and think about our loved ones, our friends. We can think about good music, good food. Um, right? Aside from the alcohol and the drugs that would normally be at a party, what else might be there? A funny movie playing on in the TV in the background on mute. Awesome music, lots of laughter and joking and, and, and commotion. You can do all of those things and not have alcohol in your hand or in your system or drugs in your hand and in your system. And it will, admittedly, be a little off, be a little odd at first. Because for most of us, when we started using in our, you know, in our tween teenage years, we were going to parties with the loud music and the commotion and the talking and the movies on mute in the background. And there was alcohol and there was drugs. That's sort of, we, we, we began to associate all of those things with partying because that's how we were introduced to the idea of partying. But it no longer has to be that way. And no, it really was, didn't have to be that way from the get-go. That's just the that's just the easy way out. What we think of as a boring party where everyone's just sitting around talking all the time, all of a sudden gets a lot more fun when you're doing keg stands and doing shots and people are falling all over each other and acting the fool. I mean, drunk hookups exist because you're drunk. Randomly making out with a bunch of people one night at a party probably isn't going to happen if you're sober. So we do these things in high school and college to sort of let our guard down, you know, be a little bit more loose and fancy free. But as we get older, that loose and fancy free lifestyle can destroy you. So let's reframe how we think about partying. And let's start to look for ways that we can do it, but not necessarily have to feel like it's alcohol and drug related. And this goes, so now that was the Colby side of it. And it's going back to what Miles and I were talking about as far as the nutrition and stuff. He sent me over a video where the guy says, I don't care about nutrition. I care about the benefits of good nutrition in my life. And Miles wrote down, he's like, more time, energy, motivation. That is what we all crave anyways. You can have the free will to drink, but you're just handicapping yourself. And he goes, it made me think about in terms of sobriety. It's the same as saying, I'm not that interested in being sober necessarily. I'm, in the, I'm interested in the benefits of it. And it is sobriety in this context, right? Not necessarily interested in sobriety as a subject or even sobriety as a way of life. I'm interested in the benefits I will get from being sober in my life. And that's what it really comes down to. When, when people want to ask me about my sobriety and recovery and they're like, wow, you know, you work with, you know, people in sobriety and recovery and you help addicts get clean. You do all of this stuff and you go speak at colleges and blah, 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 all this stuff I do. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's just my conduit to help people have better lives. That's just the subsection of society that I'm choosing to go talk to. I have an awesome connection in the sobriety and recovery community because I'm in it and I love it. It's, and it's awesome. But the coaching sessions don't revolve around being sober. They revolve around the life we're going to create now that we are sober. What are the benefits that we now get to enjoy because we're sober? And the more we enjoy these benefits of being sober, the more we begin to move toward addiction recovery. I'll talk about nutrition all the live long day. I'll talk about being sober and the benefits of it all the live long day. But that's what I'm really talking about. When I talk about nutrition, I'm talking about the benefits of eating healthy. When I talk about fitness, I talk about the benefits of doing it. 
when I talk about my sobriety and recovery, it's all about what I've created in my life since I got sober and in recovery. Just talking about being sober, I mean, okay, let's talk about being sober real fast. I stopped drinking. Let's talk about nutrition real fast. I eat healthy. Let's talk about fitness real fast. I work out. That's it. That's the conversation. Tell me about sobriety. Stop drinking. Stop using. Okay, well, what else? Anything else you say after that? And I'm literally coming up with this off the top of my head, so I'm not sure I can use a definitive here, a universal qualifier, but I would be willing to, um, let's talk this out together. Anything you say past, I'm sober. Sober, I just stopped drinking. I stopped using. That's what sobriety is. Anything else you say after that are the benefits of being sober. Oh yeah, I got sober. Now I'm now now I work out and I eat healthy and I've got really great relationships and I've made my amends with people I care about and it's just oh my goodness, it's fantastic. Okay. So sober was I'm sober. That's it. Sobriety is just the act of not drinking or using. Everything else is the benefits. So that's what we're really talking about when we are this it's really this entire show. The entire show. Is about all the cool things you get to experience in life now that you are sober. Being emotionally triggered versus grounded and react versus response and cause and effect and cute craving response reward and uh, all these cool little Jesseisms that I throw out all the times and you know how I'm scrolling around from topic to topic. It's all this fascinating stuff that I've learned just since I got sober. Yeah, I could have learned this stuff and still been using, but would I have ever integrated it the way I have, enjoyed it the way I have, been able to spread the message the way that I have? Maybe maybe not, but I'm much happier knowing it this way than knowing it as somebody who still uses and tries to talk about this stuff. Because I'd be showing up as a less than version of myself on any given day. Right? It's like, why handicap ourselves with alcohol and drugs? It's just, it's like, it's like one step forward, two steps back. So one of the things I love about my brain is it has this ability. I call it one of my, my like one of my genius skills. I have this ability to break things down to, to like a minutia, to better understand the feasibility of accomplishing a task or a goal. So when Colby comes to me and says, I got my own apartment, I've been wanting to get my own apartment, that's something we've been working toward since we got together on these sessions, and now I've got my own apartment, but now there's the financial aspect. And we can break down his entire, I can literally, as he starts, as he's saying numbers to me, my brain just starts to calculate everything. And it comes down to, he has a brand new apartment in his life. He needs to enjoy the experience and the accomplishing feelings that come from moving out of his parents' house into his own place. All of these things that he's experienced right now, this this awesome sense of pride in a good way, not that I'm better than you kind of way, but in a really good way, in this feeling of accomplishment, he gets to experience all of this for a dollar an hour. So when he broke down his bills to me and started laying out his money, I was like, okay, so, you know, and I mean, I literally went, <laughs> just broke the whole thing down. I was like, by the time it's all said and done, it's costing you a dollar an hour. It's $25 a day, $175 a week, $700 a month because he's saving a bunch of money from not having to drive. So gas and tolls and the commute and the wear and tear of the car, we subtracted that from his rent. And then we took what he would be left paying over and we broke it down. It comes up to a dollar a day. 
Now, all of a sudden, accomplishing this sense of freedom and having his own place seems way more tangible when you say, I've only got a, a dollar an hour, $25 a day. That's all I've got to be able to manifest in my life. Yeah, I can make that happen. But when you look at something like 1200 it sounds like a lot of money. But it's not really when you break it down. In any task, anything that you want to accomplish in life can be broken down that way. It's just a matter of your willingness to dive into the minutia of it. It's one of my skills. I just, I love doing it. When I decided I want to put on 12 pounds of muscle in 2022, I literally broke it all the way down to being able to figure out that um, it was literally going to mean turning 180 grams of protein a day that I consume into 15 grams of muscle. So basically a 12 to 1 ratio. For every 12 grams of protein I consume, I'm asking my body to metabolize it into one gram of muscle. And I need to be able to do that consistently for 365 days to reach 12 pounds of muscle. Do I, will I hit it? I have no idea, but I'm going to push myself at the gym. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to do all the right things and then let the body do what the body does. And then I'll monitor it throughout the year. And even if I only put on six or eight pounds of muscle, that's going to be a huge, huge step in the right direction. Rather than just blindly going into the gym and picking up some weights here or there and not really monitoring my rest time, not really knowing how my nutrition is going to benefit my recovery, all of this stuff. And all of these things that I talk about within the world of fitness and nutrition, it's not necessarily that I'm fascinated by any of this information as much as I'm fascinated by the benefits that it can bring me in my life. Not just that I've put on muscle, that my body recovers better and I sleep better and all of these awesome benefits, but then there's, all the, then there's also the principal benefits, showing myself that I'm disciplined and that I work hard, that I, I can be all of this stuff, that I can do all of these things. This is the kind of thing that excites me. One of the things I want you to be able to do for yourself as a listener of this show for almost 150 episodes is to be able to take these huge things that you want to accomplish and be able to break them down into these little one-minute activities you can do every single day that will move you toward the bigger picture. Right? You think laying one brick a day isn't going to mean much, but over the course of a year, that's 365 bricks. You could build a pretty amazing structure. If nothing else, a really awesome fire pit in your backyard if you laid one brick a day for 365 days. Now, naturally, as we talked about in the last couple episodes, hedonistic adaptation kicks in and you want to push yourself to achieve more and move up and yada, 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 all the cool stuff. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, right, you're learning all of this stuff in order to apply it so that you can then enjoy the benefits of it. It's all about the benefits. In the college show, I just shot right before this one. I used the college show as my warm-up for you guys. I talked about what's next. What's next for you? That's something Colby said today. He's like, okay, I got my own place. And he rattled off somebody. He's like, what next? And so we started talk. And it turned out getting his finances more squared away and taking on more of a leadership role at work. That's his what's next. So he's going to go off and have a conversation with his boss and they're going to figure some stuff out and then he's going to start to apply all of this stuff that he's been learning through the show and through his own work at home and through meetings and everything else and then the stuff we discuss in our sessions. going to combine it all and then he's going to start to put 110% of his life 
in his energy within his career sphere into being a leader and taking on more responsibilities at work. That's what's next for him. So then we discuss little tiny things that he can do every single day that start to move him in that right direction, knowing the momentum of it all will eventually take over. And he'll, he'll what he thinks he can only accomplish on day one becomes how he warms up on day 21. That's something I learned in CrossFit. Somebody wore a shirt one time that says, uh, chill out. Somebody out there right now is warming up with your max. And it was just a good reminder that some, there's going to be somebody out there who can lift more, run faster, do more, whatever that might be. But it was also a really good reminder that as you grow and you learn, your max goes up. What you think you can accomplish on day one becomes like an afterthought by day 100. What I thought I could accomplish in my life once I got sober, you know, those first few months, like I don't even remember that version of me anymore because I've already transitioned through so many versions of me to be where I'm at now. And as I'm fast approaching my five-year sober birthday, right, I'm finishing up my fifth year and beginning to start my sixth year come January 13th. It's not lost on me that so much of what I have achieved in these five years, I couldn't even fathom being my life on day one. So I'm going to take some time. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to honor my achievements. I'm going to honor the version of myself that I have become over these last five years. But just like Colby and Miles are doing in their own recovery at this t- moment, I also do in mine. What, what's next? Let's celebrate our achievements with an eye on the future. Because there is no finish line to this. One year ended technically based on the calendar, releasing my baton theory, one year ended last Saturday morning at you know 12 a.m. It ended. What's next? What are you going to do with this year? We're six days in. Do you feel like you've got any momentum? Do you feel like you're moving any, do you even know what you're trying to do? Have you figured out what the one minute thing you could do every day for yourself around physical, emotional, mental, spiritual? Do you know what you could do for one minute a day around those four quadrants, those four pillars? What about your relationships? Have you figured out what you could do physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually every single day for that sphere in regards to those four pillars for one minute a day? What about your career, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually? Have you figured out something you could do one minute a day, every single day, in order to start to move that sphere towards its highest sense of self? There's three spheres, career, self, relationship, and there's four pillars of each, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. If you figure out one thing to do for one minute every day around those 12 quadrants that exist, it's only 12 minutes of focused work. And I can assure you, naturally, your body and your mind and your spirit are going to want to push you to do more than a minute. But let's just get one minute. One minute. Anyone can do anything for one minute. What's next for you? What is it you're seeking to achieve? Sobriety is the umbrella that all of this will live under, but it is not the end-all, be-all. I'm not sure if I like the sobriety as the umbrella or the foundation of the house metaphor better, but I feel like I like the foundation of the house better because an umbrella is pretty obvious. It's what protects you. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. If sobriety is the umbrella, it's what so umbrellas keep you from getting wet. It protects you. So sobriety is what protects you 
from the old version of you, that old user version of you. So maybe maybe both metaphors are actually very viable. Okay. All right. Good. I, well, that, way to go, Jesse. Reframe that out loud on the microphone. Woohoo! <laughs> Scrolling around. So sobriety is is both an umbrella and it is also the foundation. <laughs> It is the protectorant, and it is the thing in which your entire house sits upon. You're building this new life brick by brick. Now I'm bringing out the third metaphor, because fuck it. Let's just bring them all out. What's next? And if what's next for you is just mastering what you've already been doing, that's great. I give you permission to just master what you're already doing. In fact, I would strongly advise if you have not turned something you are currently doing into an afterthought habit, into something that you're just unconsciously guided to do every single day, then just pause there and keep solidifying it. Because Continuously seeking the next without solidifying what you're currently doing, it means you're habit stacking on a foundation that is not secure. And just like Miles realized before he tried to jump too deep into the nutrition aspect of it, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to add, you know, 10 push ups or 10 jumping jacks or 20 seconds of something. I'm just going to add some of this into my morning routine habit stack that he already has going. All right, you know, getting up, going to the bathroom, doing the things that you do in there. And then when he leaves there, he's going to do a couple minutes of exercise, right? Just just stack it in there to solidify it as part of his foundation. Do that long enough and it'll just become an afterthought. It'll feel weird not to do it. And that's what we want to get ourselves at where it's, it's weird not to go to the gym. Like for me today, it was weird not to go to the gym at noon. Noon's when I go to the gym. And even though it was cold and it was rainy and I've been out of town for a week and I've got a ton of work stacked up in my inbox, it just feels weird not to go to the gym. So I just, my, literally my mind, just next thing I know, I'm just putting on my socks and my shoes and my sweats. And it's like, before I know it, I'm outside warming up the car. And I'm not even really sure I decided to go to the gym. But my mind and my body, they certainly seemed to know what I was going to do. <laughs> Part of me was like, man, I'm just cold outside. Let's just stay inside and shoot podcasts all day. And but needless to say, I, before I knew it, I was in the car and it was in drive. And I was jamming out the trance and I was doing incline presses. Because it's just part of my natural habits now. So there doesn't have to be a what's next as in something that's new for you. It could literally just be you solidifying something that you're already doing. And solidify it until it becomes so ingrained in you that it feels weird not to do it. We create habits like this. We break habits like this. We've created our addiction like this. Now let's create our best selves in sobriety and recovery, utilizing the same resources, the same tools. And I can assure you that all the way up life that you're seeking, it's on the other side of discipline and risk. Be willing to push yourself into that uncomfort zone. I'll keep repeating these things until they they burrow into your head and you start repeating them until it just becomes second nature. And then all of a sudden you forget some of these mantras because you don't need to remember them anymore and say them. Mantras exist in order to remind us to do something. Once it's so ingrained that we don't need to be reminded, the mantra generally goes away with it because it's, it's already there. It's, it's already in us. Some of the people in my tribe will remind me of mantras that I would say for months and then out of nowhere, I just stopped saying them because I, I, I solidified it. I habituated it. And you are too. 
each and every day. I just seek to bring the awareness from the unconscious into your conscious so that you're paying attention to the growth and changes that are happening in your life. It's absolutely astounding when you embrace these topics, when you embrace this material and you start to make it part of your everyday life. People around you will benefit from it just as much as you will. But what's important is that you know that you're doing this for yourself. Everybody else will get the benefits from it, but you're firing it up inside yourself. This flame comes from within. If I can help stoke that flame, then blessed be. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every year is the best year of our lives because we wake up sober. That was loud. I felt loud. Shout out to Sunshine. Glow on. See you next week. Hey, hit me up on social media if you want to begin to become a member of the tribe. It's a new year. It's time for a new year. Not the same you. New year, new you. Not same you. Much love, everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye.